let go. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong. This is Sadiq and you're listening to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, which is a sports related podcast where I'll discuss a wide range of topics from the NFL, NBA and collegiate athletics happening every Tuesday morning. Now let's kick off the show. I was going to do an all NBA podcast today. I was going to talk about all things NBA and then this news broke out. So I got to talk about it. Tim Tebow is back in the NFL, people. That's right. I said it. Tim Tebow is back in the NFL after a hiatus of eight years. Tim Tebow did not want to play any other position than quarterback. He was told by coaches, by GMs, by NFL aficionados that the only way you're going to be able to stay in this league is if you change your position from quarterback to potentially tight end, H-back, play special teams. And he said no. So the league rejected him. He's played for four teams. The first team was the Denver Broncos, which he was drafted by. Then after the Broncos, because Peyton Manning said, I'm playing football with y'all. And John Elway said, well, I'm trading Tim Tebow ASAP. So he went to the Jets. Didn't get to start there. Went to the Eagles. Didn't get to start there. Finally, the Patriots. Didn't get to start there. He's been out of the NFL for eight years. Since his time, since his last snap in the NFL, Adrian Peterson won MVP. RG3, Andrew Luck, Luke Keekley were rookies. Joe Flacco was the Super Bowl MVP. And Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick in the draft two weeks ago, was 12 years old. And Tim Tebow has an opportunity to play football. Now, Tim Tebow back then couldn't throw. He couldn't throw in a lake. He couldn't throw in a pond. He couldn't throw in a puddle. Y'all know where I'm going with this. Tim Tebow, Lilo, Cisco, Geico. The man can't throw, period. So now he's trying to play tight end. Now let's call this what it is. It is white privilege at its finest. It is nepotism at its finest. Who's his, who's his head coach? His head coach is Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has a great relationship with Tim Tebow. Why? Because they won at the University of Florida. He dominated as a college quarterback where his legs and his arms was able to win the Heisman, win a championship. But in the NFL, that don't matter. That's irrelevant because you can't throw, period. If you left him on the football field overnight and told him to hit a stationary target, you'd come back the next morning and he'd only hit that target twice. Since that time, in the NFL, he's tried to play baseball, was only able to do the minor leagues, couldn't make it to the majors for the Mets, couldn't make it to the majors for the Mets. And now after eight years, you get to play football again at a position that the coaches suggested you play and you said, no, I'm a quarterback? You're 33 years old. I was starting out college when you was last in the NFL, Tim Tebow. Stop this, Urban Meyer. Stop this nepotism. Stop this white privilege. Tim Tebow got praised for doing 
Tebowing, which was he was getting on a knee. Kaepernick got ridiculed and ostracized out of the NFL because of that. He wanted to shed light on police brutality that was happening to black and brown men and women. Yet the league ostracized him. Tim Tebow gets an opportunity to come back in the NFL after eight years and play in a league that said it's all about production. It's all about what you can do. This man has not been able to show that he can play at elite level in eight years. So Urban Meyer, we just talk about this from a football standpoint. You telling me from the start of the offseason draft, you couldn't get somebody that was better than Tim Tebow, that was better than the guy that hasn't played in eight years? Don't give me this. Oh, he's here for leadership. Leadership. If that was the case, you could have put him on as a quality controls coach. Tell him to go out there and say speeches. The man's not going to play. This is just a sideshow. This is a media attention grab. Wait, this is a, some, some of the same reasons why, why Kaepernick couldn't get a job in the NFL, because it would be a media circus. It would be a attention grabber. It would not cultivate for the team to win games. Yet Tim Tebow has a job. I am sick to my stomach about this. This is horrible. He didn't earn this. He doesn't deserve this. Tim Tebow couldn't make it in the majors. He couldn't make it in the NFL as a full-time starter. And he now has an opportunity to play football again. At the NFL level, he should be doing what Johnny Manziel is doing, indoor league. He should be playing in the, the XFL. That's what he should be doing. But the NFL, heck no. And he did play tight end for one play as a Jet. And guess what happened? Couldn't catch the ball, couldn't turn his head around. So if Tim Tebow can play in this league, Kaepernick damn sure can play in this league. Now, enough about Tim Tebow and his non-throwing self. Something else that's been ticking me off. Kendrick Perkins of ESPN made another outlandish statement, asinine statement. He said that it's harder to win an NBA championship than an NFL championship. Are you crazy? You need to be drug tested, period. Kendrick Perkins, do you not know that the NFL, every single playoff game is a game seven? Do you not know one bad quarter, one bad half, a blown call can change the trajectory of the game? In the NBA, teams can always recover outside of game sevens. But there's a lot of games that don't even go to game sevens. There's a lot of teams, NBA teams, that finish off the series before game seven. But in the NFL, it's just one game, one opportunity. Same reasons why we love March Madness. One opportunity because we know that the not always the best team in the NFL does not win. It's always the hottest team in the NBA. More times than not, the best team wins the championship. To me, in the last 20 years, only three teams that were not the best, in my opinion, won the NBA championship. Those are the Toronto Raptors, the, the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. And the 04 Detroit Pistons. Those are the only three teams, in my opinion, they were not the best team, but they won because they were the hottest team and circumstances helped them, i.e., Toronto Raptors, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson being hurt. 2016, Draymond Green being suspended. 04 Pistons, Shaq and Kobe having disagreements. So you look at that situation in the NFL. 
the NA, the best team doesn't always win. The 07 Patriots, the Giants were not the better team. Stop it. I felt like the, the Falcons were a better team. They lost. They had a bad half, extremely bad half. You look at uh, a couple of years ago, the Saints not even getting to the Super Bowl because of a blown call because I thought they were the best team in the NFL. You look at even um, a ways back, the Seattle Seahawks, I thought was the best team in football with Sean Alexander and Matthew Hasselbeck. I can go on and on and on. The best team in the NFL doesn't necessarily win the championship. You can even look at this past season. I don't think the consensus was that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would win the Super Bowl. But why did they win the Super Bowl? Because they got hot at the right time. COVID, obviously, and the wrath of injuries to the Green Bay Packers, New Orleans Saints, and the Kansas City Chiefs propelled them to win the, the Super Bowl. So, Kendrick Perkins, you say carry on. Well, we need to be carrying you out out of Perkins because you've been eating too much bacon, waffles, and pancakes, and they've been sipping through your old brain. Stop this. Yeah, I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong or else you gonna be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong or else you gonna be walking out. Now, let's talk about the NBA. So, the MVP's been coming up, you know. I've talked about it on numerous occasions. You know, you have the Joker, you have Joel Embiid, you have Chris Paul. Um, and I think those are the top three candidates right now. And, you know, I was talking to the fam the other day and I thought, you know, I started to think the best players to never win MVP in the year that they had the best case. So I made a list of the five players. It gets more egregious as we get towards the number one a list. So the person at fifth, could they have won MVP? They they had a chance, they had a puncher's chance, but they didn't really have um, that much of a compelling argument as the guys at number one. So number five. So we're going to go back the last 21 years. So the last 21 years, these are the players that I believe that, that, had, that have never won MVP. And this is their best case that they should have won MVP. So players that you know, like Shaquille O'Neal, he won one, so I don't put him on there, but he had some other years that I felt like he should have won MVP, right? Um, James Harden, you know, um, LeBron James, like those guys have already won MVP. These are guys that have never won MVP, and I believe this is the year that they had the best case. Sometimes they got robbed, other cases, eh. So we're going to start. Number five. 2012-2013 season, Carmelo Anthony. I felt like the totality of his career, this is the best mellow that we saw. And it resulted in winning as well. The man averaged 29 points, seven boards, three assists, a, a steal a game. And the person that won it was LeBron. I think a big reason why LeBron won it was because, you know, D-Way went on and said, hey, we're going to go as far as LeBron takes us. Um, LeBron, you know, in second level stats, his win shares was higher than Carmelo. But the Knicks that year, they were tremendous. They, were, they had 54 wins. They were one of the best teams in the East, one of the best teams in the league. Carmelo was playing out of his mind. 
And I felt like if it was any year that Melos deserved to win MVP, it was that year. And that was the that was the year that everyone everyone voted for LeBron for first place voting, except for one writer who voted Carmelo. And even looking back on it and when that actually happened, I felt like Carmelo definitely had a strong case for MVP. Remind, keep in mind, Stoudemire was banged up always. And I felt like Carmelo had a, had a reasonable case for MVP. Now, I'm not mad that LeBron won it or anything. Now, number four, and I always say that MVP is not about, you know, the wins and losses. It's how, what does your team look like without you? How bad is your team and how good is your team with you on the court? And I felt like in 01, 2001, 2002, Tracy McGrady was that dude. If you don't know who T-Mac is, look him up. The guy was flat out phenomenal, averaging a cool 26, eight rebounds, five assists, two steals a game, and a block. Playing on the team in Orlando was fifth in the East. That year, Tim Duncan won it. Now, Tim Duncan had great players around him, you know, second and third. You know, Jason Kidd, Shaq, great players around them. Um, but Tracy McGrady put that team on his back and then some. And I felt as though T-Mac should have had more votes for MVP. And he didn't. But now we're going to get to the, the start of the egregious, the egregious part of these MVPs, guys that have never won it, but they should have. Number three. Now, number three on my list is we're going to go to 2010-2011 season. Dwight Howard. He should have won MVP over Derrick Rose. I don't care what nobody says. Now, listen to these numbers. The man averaged 37 minutes a game, gave you 23 points, 14 rebounds, and about three blocks a game. He was the most dominant big man at that time. And people want to say, well, what about advanced statting? Well, what does the second level stat say? Well, he had a better win share than Derrick Rose. I think Dwight Howard should have won MVP. The only reason why Derrick Rose won MVP, in my opinion, is the story. Chicago kid gets to play for his hometown team. They are number one in the East. Dwight Howard wasn't number one in the East. He was number four. And keep in mind, with all these MVPs and the uh, for a long time, the only exception in the last 20 to 30 years uh, that one MVP that wasn't a number one or number two seed was who? Russell Westbrook. Because why? Because he won the triple double crown. That's why. But I say all this to say Dwight Howard in 2010-2011 should have won MVP over Derrick Rose. Now we get to the most egregious one. Well, the second the most egregious one. Number two on my list. Number two on my list, we're going to 0809 Dwayne Wade. He got robbed. Dwayne Wade, you should go up to Cleveland or go to LA or wherever LeBron James holding that trophy, and you should get that trophy because that one should be yours. Period. The man led the league in scoring. He, had, he averaged 30 points, five rebounds, seven and a half assists, two steals a game, and a block a game. 
LeBron James won MVP, but Dwayne Wade was the most valuable player in the game that year, period. We know this. You know why? His second best player, Michael Beasley. Guess what he was averaging? 13 and a half points per game. Come on, stop it. Mario Chalmers averaging less than 10 points a game. Stop it. Dwayne Wade carried that team to a fifth in the East with a bunch of ragamuffins. LeBron James at least had Mo Williams. D Wade should have had, should have clearly have won MVP. It was, this one is so bad that he wasn't even second place in the MVP voting. It was Kobe Bryant. Stop it. That, that one, that one grinds my gears, but it doesn't grind my gears as much as the next one. The number one on my list, and it ain't even close. Chris Paul got robbed. He got robbed, hoodwinked, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived by the NBA writers who voted for MVP. This man led the league in assists, averaged 21 points a game, gave you four rebounds, gave you three steals a game. The man had better win shares than who won it, which was the late, great Kobe Bean Bryant. And I'm not taking anything away from Kobe Bryant because I felt like he should have won it the year before against Dirk Nowitzki. But Chris Paul should have won it by far the best, his best chance of winning MVP. He should have won MVP. He was the only reason why the New Orleans Hornets should have was in contention to try to win a championship. Number two in the West, I felt as though that the Hornets with Chris Paul were a great team, but it was because of Chris Paul. That team had Tyson Chandler, David West, Peja Storyakovich, Chris Paul should have won MVP. And anybody that was watching basketball that year knew that he should have won. So that's my list of the five guys. They've never won MVP. Chris Paul has an opportunity potentially this year. I don't think he'll get it, but I think he'll get some votes. What Chris Paul did in that year with the New Orleans Hornets was remarkable. D-Wade has a strong case at number two. Number three, Dwight Howard has a strong case. Now, number four and five, eh, T-Mac, eh, Carmelo, eh. But those top three, man, they should have won MVP, and everybody knows it. But because their team wasn't a top two, um, wasn't number one or number two in the East or in the West, that's why they didn't win it. And that, to me, is just asinine. Once again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Prove Me Wrong. If you ever want to get on the show, if you ever have any comments, you can DM me or you can comment me at my Instagram, prove me wrong, underscore podcast, and I'll be waiting for your comments. Yeah, I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. Walking out, walking out.